Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Thanks so much for joining us. Before we begin, if you could head down into the show notes, check out all of our links to all of our social media and any other links that we may supply during this podcast. Now, last week, we did a whole wrap up of like the 2022 year goals, kind of all the things we were hoping to accomplish and all the new cool things that we were looking forward to over the coming year. And hopefully, You and your families are getting prepared, if not continuing what you are currently doing, but also looking forward to, you know, what's coming up on the horizon. You know, when it comes to curriculum, you know, new books, new things you might want to try, even the summer as we hit the doldrums of winter here in the Northern Hemisphere. As we promised, we were going to talk a lot about the parent partnership that we've been Mm -hmm. part of. So what is a parent partnership? We, We have an interview with the parent partnership people at the one that we're at. And we'll put that in the show notes, but maybe give us a quick rundown of what a parent partnership is. Right. So parent partnerships or in Washington state, they're called ALEs, alternative learning environments, yeah. I think is what I think it's an ease environment. So these are different in all different uh, states. We call them parent partnerships here. Um, in some places they're called charters or they're homeschool outreach, or they can go by a few different types of names, but essentially what it is, it's a publicly funded school where your child can take uh, either a, a portion uh, and just be like a, a part-time student, take one or two classes or take a whole suite of classes and mm-hmm. be fully enrolled in the school. Uh, Fully enrolled in a parent partnership is not what you would think of as a normal school. It's not, you're not, your child's not going there five days a week. You know, we are fully enrolled in the school and we go about six hours a week um, total. So uh, it still is intended that that parents are the primary educators for their children. But this gives us an opportunity to augment, uh, you know, what you're teaching at home with something at school. So, uh, like you may be involved in uh, a co-op or something that meets once a week or some other type of you know group class. Mm-hmm. This is the same type of thing, but it's funded by the public school system. So there's a, it's very cost effective, obviously, for <laughs> those of us who live in the district. Um, so you'll find different uh, types of these schools. Um, there's There's lots of different flavors. I think there's not, you know, when it comes to like a standard public school, elementary school or middle school or high school, they they all kind of cut in the same cloth. You know, mm-hmm. schools are obviously have better and worse administrators and teachers and things, but you know, in general, they're all kind of structured the same mm-hmm. way. And then when you get into certain types of um, you know charter tech, special technical schools or special schools for the arts or things, they're all kind of run differently. Parent partnerships are similar in that there's not really like one. Um, way that they're run they're all different there's not like a track like you like when you go when the kids go into public school they're all basically on the same track in some respects or if you go to a charter that as you said was like stem focused you know there's going to be a track for the most part obviously there's some differences on what classes they take but basically every kid is getting the same experience and in this case it's not and it really embraces the the uniqueness of homeschooling and, and supplies you know as much or as little as you want and it's really kind of a, I, I, maybe I'm thinking almost like an a la carte menu that, yeah. of something that you would need. Yeah. In the state of Washington, we have a, a number of different ones. But so let me just kind of give you a flavor for the differences just in our local area. So the parent partnership that we belong to um students get to go to, there's like roughly 200 classes. You can go part-time or full-time. Um, if you go, you know, uh, you can take classes that are from the arts and sciences and uh, physical education and math and reading. Jedi and, and 
you know, Irish step dance. Yeah, you can take anything, anything right? Yeah. Kind of anything. A lot of enrichment classes. Right. Then there's other schools that are, you know, we could we could travel 30 minutes and go to a school that only has, you know, five or six class options, and everyone in that grade is kind of in those five or six classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a different school is going to be all like core focus. Maybe they go to school two days a week, they're full days, and they're going to cover seven subjects each day, and they're going to cover all the core subjects, and then with a, a little bit of um, enrichment. Um, you're going to have another school, which is going to be a parent partnership, but it's all online and they offer a voucher or not voucher, but they, they offer money for the family. Like the family might get $1,500 a year to spend on all their curriculum. Um, and you'll have uh, another program, like even within ours, right? We have a parent partnership. But then our ALE also has like a Montessori program where the mm-hmm. kids go three days a week, full day, and that's Montessori. And they and also the have forest, like the forest school option, as family well. forest school. They also have one that's all about environmental science and the kids do one day a week and it's all like, like it's one day we can solve like field trip stuff. It's all environmental science. So And they have Bookshark, which is a take home curriculum. Right. And, and so some kids are only doing school at home. So I, I'm... I guess I'm just kind of saying there's a lot of ways to do this. It is a public school that is meant to support homeschoolers, which seems a little bit at odds, but uh, we've been surprised kind of how that's worked. And so in the administrator, it might look differently in your area. Exactly. Yeah. And so we'll talk, we'll we'll make sure to specify very clearly what we're experiencing in our parent partnership and your mileage, as you always say, mileage may vary, but go back and listen to the interview that we have in the show notes below where you will listen to the administrator and I think one of the kindergarten teachers or the kindergarten assistants at the time and then we will talk about the nature of the school the origins of the school what you know their their philosophy around that and I think what's great about the school is that the administrator was a homeschooler right so it we have homeschooling at the core it's not like an administrator that was pulled out of some district school and now has to run this kind of quasi public school it's someone who not only was a homeschooler, but in her core focus and her charter and her in her own mind when she runs the school, you know, it is what the parents need first, mm-hmm. always and first. And they drive a lot of the curriculum that is decided or a lot of the enrichments or right. a lot of the classes. It's It's pushed by the parents. And so this has always been parent focused. And I think that's probably why this, you know, our parent partnership is so popular and so successful where people will transfer out of district and commute long distances just to come to this school to have mm-hmm. the opportunities here. And it's also, you know, even though we live in kind of a, you know, outer reaches, small town, small school district, it is one of the largest schools in our school district. Yeah. I think it's just people below the high school. Right. I think we've got 800, almost 800 students. It's a K yeah. through 12 school. Ours is. So, you know, in your area, you may have a, a charter or a parent partnership or some a type of ALE. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all flavors of them. So the things we talk about here might not necessarily be your experience. And, and know that whatever, it, it, you know, ALE you might have in your Uh, public school district the next district over may be completely different (laughs) and that's and that's the case here like they're all done differently the smaller one you referenced is about 25 minutes away and that was one of our questions if we could not get into the school because there was a a transferring element even though we are within the school district to enroll into the school so if we couldn't have gotten into it we would have had to try you know another one to the north of us and maybe even one to the Mm -hmm. south of us and those would have been 30 minute commutes. Well, right. And it was, and they were and different. Those are wildly different. One of them yeah. was a drop off program. Yeah. One of them is kind of the, the students are more lockstep with their own peers and their age, and there's not mm-hmm. as much class choice. There was just lots of difference. Um, so, you know, we're very fortunate to be in the area that we're in and to have access to this great school. Um, and so we just yeah, wanted to talk a, a little bit about that. It's a lot, a lot of throat clearing because we know that there's, when we start to get into the idea of choice, school choice, there are so many different, you know, versions of that all That's around right. around the country. Whether it's a charter, magnet schools, voucher programs, parochial schools, whatever it might be, parent partnerships like what we're talking about. There's so much variety, and it can even differ from school district to school district. So, mm-hmm. we just want to try to couch what we're talking about within what we're seeing within our school district. Right. Yeah. It's it's definitely not a one size fits all. There's no like a handbook that says here's how you run a uh, a public school that supports homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a book out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and our administrator has talked often about you know. Uh, Really, we had to forge our own way. I'm a member of the PTA this year, 
um, biased. Uh, yeah. Biased. Uh, yeah. I will. I signed. I figured it was the best way to meet everybody. So far, I haven't gotten to meet very many people because of COVID. But uh, <laughs> you know, I stand by it. It was a still a solid plan. Um, but anyway, we're trying to do even simple things like run the PTA, yeah. and everything that we're doing is like, oh yeah, but that doesn't apply to us. Oh yeah, but we do things differently because everything yeah. we do. Even even running a PTA is so completely different mm -hmm. than a regular public school, even though we are in the public school district. But then you also have all it's the caveats. so different. You also have all the caveats, the fact that you are interacting with the public school, so you come with the bureaucracy of the public right. school, so you're not allowed to do certain things. You can't engage in certain types of activities, you know, like fundraising and things of mm -hmm. that nature, like you could in, say, um, a co-op or some private co-op or something of that right. nature where you can, you know, pretty much free reign of doing whatever you want. There are some restrictions. So like those are kind of the tensions that are involved in this type of program. Yeah. And we know that, you know, folks have heard about them mm -hmm. and depending on what state you're in, you might have options. And so we just wanna wanted to discuss our experience with this mm -hmm. because I, I know there's a lot of hesitation uh, from homeschoolers and we, we are totally among that bunch of, you know, not wanting to, you know, not trusting the public school mm -hmm. system or wanting to go into the public school system and, you know, uh, how does that work? How much oversight is there? How the much school, control do yeah, they take? All the that stuff. The school even acknowledges that. They, they, know. they do. They they know this this tension exists. Yeah. And and I think that you know we as homeschoolers, one of the things that we love the most mm -hmm. is getting have our freedom to do to do what we need to do for our children in their education. Mm -hmm. And so by going to this school. Uh, you know, we were, of course, very concerned about what freedms are we giving up by, yeah. by going to this school and what's that trade-off. So we wanted what, to just talk through What other type bit. of requirements might be thrust upon us now exactly. that we are enrolled in essence in a school? So let's talk about, first of all, you know, why did we choose the parent partnership? You know, we, we are doing our whole curriculums. We're doing math curriculums. We're doing reading curriculums. Everybody who's listening to this knows this from all of what we've talked before. You know, the first question is, well, why would you join something like this? Yeah, I, I think... We are we are doing everything at home everything. at this moment that everything. our daughters yeah. need to be successful. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we will continue to and do everything. We will continue, right. Yeah. The, for us, we are not using this. Some folks will use a parent partnership to uh, teach something they don't feel comfortable teaching, right? Science, oh, I just don't feel yeah. comfortable teaching. Yeah, middle school science. I just don't feel comfortable with that. I, can't, I don't have a chemistry lab in my house, right? <laughs> so they'll, they'll do that. Um, something they don't feel comfortable with, or, you know, I'm having a lot of trouble getting my child to read. So I want to go here where these people can help. Um, for us, it is more about the social emotional aspects that we can't provide. Mm -hmm. Um, this school has a choir. I, I mean, I love to sing, but I cannot make a, a entire elementary choir in my house. So that's one of the things that we can do with the school. Theater as well. Uh, th yeah, theater. Well, and and there's things. other things. I, we felt that our daughter is uh, so, our older daughter is so social and that we felt that this was a great way. You know, if we, if we didn't do this, then yeah. we would need to augment our schooling with plenty of other opportunities for her to be social without us being right there, you know, mm -hmm. to spread her wings a little bit and get her, get a chance to learn from other adults and, you know, interact, interact with, with her other, peers yeah, children and, and, you know, kind of figure out how to be a, a member of her, her <laughs> you know, be a kid and yeah. interact with other kids without us there to guide her every moment. So, you know, we felt like that was really important for our daughter. So if we didn't do this, you know, we do already have her in like one um, athletic class um, activity, uh, but we would have had to supplement with more. Maybe we would be going out and getting piano lessons and yeah. she would have be in Girl Scouts and she'd be in this and she'd be that. And we'd have to do a whole bunch of other things mm -hmm. to give her those same opportunities. Um, and this one was right here and it's available to us without charge it's because we live in the school district. Seven, seven minutes down the road. Yeah, it's very close to us. It, yeah. And there were so many course offerings there. We thought this was good. We also thought this was a really good way for her to have a group of friends mm -hmm. that she could grow up with that were also homeschoolers. One of the problems that we have is in our state, because we have so many great um, ALE schools, we don't have very many co-ops. And yeah. especially not very many secular co-ops. There's a few yeah. religious co-ops, but you know there are some states where there are tons of co-ops because they don't have a lot of these type of schools. Yeah. But because we have the schools, we're totally lacking in co-ops. Uh, yeah. the, and the co-ops that we do have are 
very loose and you know, we've tried a couple of them and they kind of break down. There's not any strong leadership because there's not that real need in our community because we have these schools that we can attend. So that was one of the problems for us. If we had a really strong co-op community, mm-hmm. we may have chosen differently. We may have chosen to yes. attend a regular weekly co-op uh, with our children, but you know, because of the nature of these schools, they they've sucked all the parents that would run those co-ops are in these schools. So yeah, and being the only just co-op, our environment. Yeah, the here. only co-ops are religious co-ops. You know, there was some element of there's a filtering process that you know if, if religious based homeschooling is important to you, you'll go to the religious co-ops. Right. If you choose to go to a public school, we we think there was some element that we'd find more secular families there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, we may have made different choices if there were co-ops here, but absolutely. as there weren't. Um, this was a great option for us that we really wanted to explore. So, absolutely. So, so you know, you have all these. You have this opportunity here. They have a lot of classes, as you as you listed. You know, we've talked about the augmenting of the her, of her education on top of the things we're already doing. So, let's talk a little bit about like what classes are available to you know a six year old. Yeah. So the way we've chosen to use this is we we don't have any specific learning concerns mm-hmm. for our daughter at this time. Um, so what we wanted to do was give her some opportunities that we wouldn't have at home. Mm-hmm. So she's taking um, she's taking a, a class. So core, let's talk about the core class, the kindergarten. Right. So she's taking a, a kindergarten type of class, mm-hmm. and uh, that's been really good for her, and it's been great for her to kind of have that normal you know, sing songs, dance around, uh, type, uh, do crafts, yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> do messy crafts. experience a kindergarten teacher who's an A, it's an AA, A plus kindergarten yeah, teacher. Yeah, she's a really, really lots great. Of ener- lots of energy. Uh, wonderful ter- teacher. So she gets that and she's in that class, um, for a couple of hours, twice a week. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to uh, put her in an Irish step dancing class. We don't have anywhere around here that could teach that. She was really interested in it. So we thought that sounded like a good idea. (laughs) And we um, have her in a robotics class for a kindergarten. These are, other than the the kindergarten class, these are all K through two classes. So uh, kindergarten through second grade class. And I think the bulk majority of the kids that I've been seeing, you know, for Outside of her kindergarten class, they're always they're all like six or seven years old. They're all basically the same. I haven't seen really a, a, an eight year old in these classes, right? Or a five year old. They're really yeah. more in the six seven, and our daughter's six, so that works out nicely. And then we we have her in a um, a Lego mastery class because she's really into that, and a woodworking class. They have an entire giant wood shop there. Uh, they like they have a seven eight thousand square foot woodworking center like right it's like a, a massive wood. Like they built tiny houses yeah, yeah so so there's just some things so <laughs> this huge. year we wanted her to you know, our goals for the year obviously she needed to take we wanted her to take the have a, a sort of a kindergarten experience and she did need to do something that was kind of core and we'll talk a little bit about requirements uh, in a bit but um we wanted her to do something that was athletic, which is the dancing. We wanted her to do something that was creative, and that's the woodworking. Um, and then we wanted her to pick a couple of things she was just super interested in, and she was yeah. very interested in the robotics and the Lego. So um, those are the classes we chose. And every year what we're going to be looking to do is give her something physical, mm-hmm. something creative, um, and uh, something something music there's mm-hmm. not really a lot for kinder for music but when she gets into first grade there will be a want to do either she's going to be in piano or beginning strings or choir or you know something musical because mm-hmm. um, that's something that i love but can't really teach very well <laughs> so <laughs> something music something creative something physical and, and then uh something that you know there a couple more classes that she's interested in uh and that's what we're looking to really do we're not looking to lean on this as are reading, writing, math, science, history. Um, we're, we're not looking at it for that. We're looking at it to kind of round out her mm-hmm. education so she's a well-rounded learner with things that we aren't heavy on in our house. Mm-hmm. So she has a friend that's doing like clay sculpture, for example, because yeah. they have a kiln there and yeah. they can actually fire their own pottery, which is amazing. Um, there's other kids that are 
um, in doing like biology classes, environmental studies classes. Yeah, they have a whole science track as well. They like, do. They, but those they, are for the older kids, maybe they, like middle school up to high school type of thing. Yeah, they have. They have. Uh, they, there's a there's a Lego robotics you can get into when they're mm-hmm. older. Um, there's tons of different. There's also you know uh, bunch Span- of Spanish languages. Right, English we want to use it for foreign language liter- too. There's literature classes, math classes. I mean, they have a lot of the the traditional classes. That they you do. Would think. But also they have like you know. But uh, they're they not have, like traditional. They're not like it's Jedi, not like Spanish. They have a Jedi class. They have a survivalist class. They do. I mean, they have a lot. They of have a survival. Things. We have a friend that's or in the survivalist class. Survival class. They don't have even the even the core classes aren't like standard it's not like spanish one um you know i think it's called like playtime with spanish (laughs) but yeah we'll be leaning on this also for foreign language because neither of us are fluent in a foreign language well enough to teach it uh and we could do online things but we'd like to try to do something in person for her Mm so we're looking for things that we want to to go outside of what we do here the core of of our schooling at home Mm -hmm. and use the parent partnership for that so that's what we're really looking to do and every year we can take up to seven classes so we can, you know, take whatever variety we want. Um, and we are able to switch in and out of classes kind of whenever we want. So we could also do half a year of something and then switch if, you know, it wasn't working out. So yeah, we've got some options. Yeah. yeah. And t- maybe talk, go into a little bit about moving classes, like how, how free that freeing that is. They, they don't hold you into a class. If you want to leave, you can leave. Well, and I, I think that that's, so I think that this goes to the whole environment yeah of the school. And and this may be unique to our school. Yeah. But I think that in general, because the school is, first of all, this school, like many ALEs requires parents to be on campus. If Mm -hmm. your kid's on campus, you have to be on campus. Up till I think age 12. I think. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's 12. And then you, as long as they have a good behavior and you sign off, they can be on campus by themselves. But before that parents are all on campus. Mm And that is a very, makes for a totally different dynamic than a public school would have. Yeah. I mean, you've it got... Feels, has that feel of like a really big, you know, library with a bunch of parents coming in and checking out books? Like there's just kids everywhere. There's, there's kids parent, everywhere. There's, there's parents everywhere. There's parents. There's, there's older l- kids, younger kids, kids like babies. I, mean, I take the two and a half year old with me. Yeah. Right. And her bike. And her bike. She rides <laughs> to, around in her to, strider to on the To ride park, around yeah. the campus. Right. So there's tons of... Um, tons of kids and parents and babies and it's kind of like a joyful chaos at this school so i think but i think that the whole philosophy is just different there and you know for us they don't have any hard and fast rules about she has to stay in this class if she's not digging a class we can switch her and we don't have to have any reason in fact we accidentally signed her up for a class that Technically, she was uh, applicable for, but it was like a little bit too much ahead of her. It wasn't what she was really looking for. Mm -hmm. And we switched her on the first day and made a switch. We didn't even have to notify. We just had to, we told the teacher, should we come into your class in the morning? The teacher said, great. And the teachers just rolled with it. It was such a weird experience going (laughs) to a public school and having them be totally fine with you just like dropping a class and adding a new one overnight. I literally let the it was teacher, it was like that afternoon we sent an email and we attended th- the next class I sent an email day. at five o'clock and said hey I just transferred my daughter into your class at 9 a.m tomorrow I know that you probably won't be ready for her we'll be there but if you're if it you know we totally understand we'll just do some other schooling with her while you do your class and I got an email back like 10 minutes later she goes <laughs> I'll have a desk set up for her and they did yeah 9 a.m the next day it was the weirdest <laughs> experience and you know because parents are on campus parents are in classes with their students you don't have to be in the class but a lot of parents are so if a a student needs extra help or wants extra support a parent can be there if a parent is curious about what's being taught you can be there we are grandma is going to school later this week Uh, we have a podcast interview to do and we asked grandma if she could go to school and she's going to sit in on all of our daughter's classes because she can she can be there for as much as she wants younger siblings can come and sit in the classes yeah. with um their older well, siblings we, as we, long we, as they're well behaved with Thundergarden, i have a volunteer duty or periodically i have to attend and you know mm-hmm. help out and i had to bring the two and a half year old with right me. Yeah. and and the teacher was great the kindergarten like, teacher cool. set her up with like a box of crayons and said like here's some <laughs> coloring pages and you know when when the kids go out to recess and uh, the kindergarten class goes out to recess if the two and a half year old's there she just joins the the class and they all go to recess, and at the end, when they go into the classroom, the teacher waves and is like, "Hey, here's your toddler," you know. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, but it's it's a, a different, a totally different environment. You know, there there's ukulele classes with parents in the back who are also learning to play the ukulele. 
and it it's a it's this just it, it was hard for me to wrap my head around it. I'm, I'm having trouble even putting it into words because yeah. it's very free form. It's very free of... form and it's not, there's nothing so strict about any of it. And I think it's, I think it's liberating for the teachers there too, mm-hmm. because they know that we're still the primary educators Yeah, and that, you know, we're coming here because we want another experience for our kids. Mm-hmm. But that teacher is not responsible for ensuring that my child can read at the end of the day. Oh yeah. Or write. I mean, there's like it a, takes some pressure off them. And I, and I think it totally does. It, it almost feels like the school has, has created this walled garden that from on the outside, the school district looks at it and says, Oh, public school, they're doing a good job. Paperwork's good. And then when you cross that walled garden, you get inside and it's very free form and fun. And it almost feels totally. like, a, like as if a bunch of homeschoolers created somehow magically, got allocated some backpack funding and we all have created <laughs> our own little school within a public school and it has that feel to it as it has yeah. that feel it, yeah. it's it's very interesting um you've got all these all these parents and and little kids and oh, yeah. it was funny when we first started i asked like okay when's parent teacher night and the administrator kind of laughed she goes well every day is parent teacher night <laughs> yes. so we don't have one <laughs> And because every, we do. I, I talk to the teachers every day, you see the teacher because you're walking your daughter from class to class I put her in, I take her out. and you know, if there's a problem, we're addressing it right up front. So it's, it's a very different feeling. It's very freeing. And I was worried at first about where we're going to feel rigidity mm-hmm. when we went there yeah. and it's the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really thankful for that. So I am. I am. Yeah. And, and, you know, different parent partnerships will be different, but they all, most of them have parents on campus. Or if you can drop your child off, that's optional, but you could be on campus. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's being intensely involved in your child's education, right? I think as homeschoolers, there's, we all homeschool a little bit differently, but universally we are all very involved in our child's education. Even if we're just administering them, they're doing some online stuff, we are still highly involved. And it would feel so weird to just like drop her off and then pick her up up and be like, how was your school? school?" And she'd be like, oh, it's fine. I I couldn't do that now. I'm too involved. And so this school supports how involved we want to be. And you know, the other little scary thing too is it's almost like, um, imagine like, playing like a dog whistle and all of a sudden you, you see like 50 dogs pop up we live in this world where you know it's, it's our house our street you know with the few friends and family we all know you know individually and then all of a sudden we go to a school and there are you know hundreds of homeschooling families and it's like where are all you strangers it's right. like this my whole community is filled with homeschoolers it almost feels like there's almost like a communal aspect there where you're you're like man i'm around my people that I've, I've never known existed in my community. You know, it's like we all kind of congregate at one place. And it's really yeah. nice. To, it's it's not like, you know, you walk in, you start doing secret handshakes and stuff. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is nice to walk in and go, wow, look at all these big families. Look at all these awesome families. Look at all these kids. These are all homeschool kids. And I don't feel as weird being a homeschooler. You know, I don't feel as insecure. You know, a lot of times we have little insecurities. We all do. To say, oh, I homeschool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's funny. It's you know, different than what most people do. And, I, you know. Yeah, it's all. Hey, look, we are we are forging a different path sure, than absolutely. what is nor- what is but quote it's not, unquote it's not that we're normal. Not, I would say one in eight kids in the school district are homeschoolers. Like by by the volume at that school. Um. Yeah, it's probably a little like less because there's so many outs out of district kids. But but you know what's sure, interesting sure. is like when I when before we started here, I would go out in the middle of the day yeah. to go to the grocery store or something and take my school aged daughter with me. And, you know, there are no other children in the grocery store in the middle of a school day. And, you know, occasionally you'd see one or whatever, but now I recognize them. I'm like, Oh, that's a oh, family yeah. from yeah. our school. That's a family from our school. Yeah. You know? So we're starting to see like, Oh yeah. And I agree with you as much as, as we are committed in our soul to mm-hmm. <laughs> souls, to this, <laughs> this, uh, homeschooling journey, you know, we are doing something different and we feel that. And even Mm -hmm. as much as we're proud to be homeschoolers, we do feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's important to note too, that, you know, if you go to full time to one of these schools, there is a, we are not technically homeschoolers. We are, we are public schoolers because we are enrolled full time, quote unquote, in this school, which as I said, is only seven hours, six, seven hours a week. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we're actually not, 
you know, legally speaking, homeschoolers, but we were doing still doing the majority of our educating at home. So yeah. I I think that it matters not. That's that's a that's a legal term, but you know, it's semantics in terms of what we actually do. Exactly. And the reality, which is that we are home educating with, you know, some fun classes she gets to go and take. Yeah. So, so we've talked it up. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, when you walk into a school who's paying the bills. The school district is paying the bills and it's mm-hmm. publicly funded. There's always going to be, you know, strings attached. So what type of you know, oversight or requirements is this parent partnership giving to us? Yeah, this was something I was really concerned about. I was too. One of the, the first things the administrator said to us when we were doing our parent <laughs> orientation, this. she was like, occasionally we're going to ask you to do something. And if you think it sounds ridiculous, it's probably because the state's making us do it. <laughs> Don't blame us. Don't blame us. It's Just probably it. the state. <laughs> um, and And that's so far kind of been true. There isn't a ton of oversight. There is a little bit. So I'll explain. Um, we are we are required, if we are full-time, to go into at least two core classes. Now, we could choose to just be part-time, um, and, and that means go to three out of seven uh, type classes. But unfortunately, um, the school doesn't get the funding. Though. Right. The school yeah. doesn't get money for that. So, you know, we want to you know, support the school and want to continue to be around. And so we would have to be in at least two core classes. Core classes are foreign language, science, history, reading, math, you know, kind of your basic academic subjects. Um, And there's plenty of fun classes within those. So we're not too concerned about that. So that's kind of the first thing is being Mm -hmm. involved in that. And the second is that we Every we, we have a, a teacher, one of the core class teachers is an actual certified teacher. Not all the teachers are certified, um, but the ones that teach core classes are. And so we have a certified teacher assigned to us. And every family does. Every student has a certified teacher assigned. And that teacher uh, helps you with your homeschooling um, in your home. And so what we have to do for ours, and ours happens to be our kindergarten teacher, so it works out really well. Once a month, we have a type-up thing of saying, this is what we did for Mm -hmm. math and reading and social studies and science at home. Um, And she provides some great, like, social studies. Here's a video you could watch um, that's a five-minute about, you know, being a good kindness and helping others or whatever. It could be something or, you know, here's a cool science video to watch about why you have a skeleton and, you know, whatever. (laughs) She gives us some really easy wins for science and social studies we can use. And then um, there's no there's no like minimum required. It's just that we have to put down that we are doing math and reading at home. So there's no real oversight about and what you're teaching, like scope and sequence. Just you, yeah. but you do have to report. I am doing something. Yeah, like you sit down with your laptop, and I'm I start thumbing through the pages. Oh, I've covered pages 87 through 94, and you're like you just update the numbers. It takes us five or six minutes right. to do it. And it's the certified teacher can look that over. If you said, "Oh, I've only done two pages of math this month," I'm more, sure that our yeah. teacher would say, "What can I do to help?" You, you know, yeah. Is there a problem? Do you need some support? And and the teachers also provide us curriculum. One oh, of the great things yeah. we have. Is, Let's get into it. Like the what is available at the school. Right. We have a huge library where they call it a resource center because it's not very quiet. <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> resemble a library because it's not quiet, but there are books there. Um, but there's a wall of curriculum. Massive. And we can check out or copy anything that we need to that the school owns. We're, we're talking about major curriculums like Math Mammoth and Singapore Math. Singapore I mean, Math, we can get uh, all of them, yeah. any of the big stuff. There's textbooks, there's all kinds of support. And because it's a public school, all those resources are secular based. Exactly, which is fantastic. Um, and even our kindergarten teacher provides us with we she provides us with an entire uh, explode the code which explode is a reading code, curriculum yeah. and then um i want to say it's it's not singapore math what is it no it's, the it's other dk one. dk, DK math, math yeah math made easy um so th- she actually provides us with resources and if we didn't have something we were doing on our own we could just do those yeah. um, so the level of oversight is pretty minimal we and have the support a, is pretty high Exactly. Before school, we, it's interesting. Our school starts a couple weeks later than mm-hmm. the, all the rest of the public schools in our district. Because, it was weird. It was like two weeks later. It yeah. Was like because those September, two yeah. weeks, the oh, certified yeah. teachers meet with each family and discuss their plans for the year. Mm-hmm. And I was very nervous about this. I went in, I mean, you know me guys, if you've listened long enough, you know, like I'm a planner. She had the PowerPoint presentation. I went in with projectors. a binder. I had a list of everything we were going to be doing for the year. She I had was mugs like, and pencils. And, no, I was overly swag. prepared. And I went in and she was like, so your daughter's in kindergarten. You know, what are you doing at home? And I was like, okay, we're doing all about reading. And then we're going to do right start math. And we're doing this. And she goes, okay, okay, okay. 
She's like, sounds like you have a good plan. She didn't really. She didn't even look she into didn't, it. Yeah. It wasn't really. Uh, she, she wasn't really. I, I don't want to use the word care. She cared. But she wasn't concerned about the curriculum that we were using and what we were choosing to do as much as we were doing. Do something. you need any support from me? Do you have any questions? Are you like really looking for a spelling curriculum that you can use or is your daughter struggling in an area and then I can get you the right support? There's a bunch of teachers there that can support you in a bunch of different ways, but there's like a, a hands-on reading class we could take if we mm -hmm. wanted to and sit down and work with a teacher the teacher and us and our daughter could sit and work on reading and get one-on-one -on -one attention mm -hmm. to work on that if we were struggling with it. There's tons of resources, and, and that's what they were more concerned with. So yeah. as far as oversight, yes, we have to say what we're doing, but there's no real grading of what we're doing either, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it was more of like a checkbox, and then it's more pass-fail. She says, oh, you're doing something great. Let me know if you need any help. Right. Yeah. yeah, because we're still, they were very clear to stress to us that we are still the primary educators for our children. Yeah, they, they stress that over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. More like. Do not schluff your duties off onto us. Yeah, we are we are not going to do all of your schooling for you. You are here to take these discrete classes and we are here to support you with whatever you need. But this is still up to you. Mm -hmm. Now, now you could replace it. some subjects. With the classes. Right. If I, I mean, we, we could take like, a I'm science. I'm just terrible at math. You know, they have very good math programs. And you could and say, I'm taking yeah. a class and that's going to be my math. Sure. Or this yeah. is, I'm taking a class and this is going to be my foreign language. But you certainly cannot outsource your child's entire education to this school. No, no. Absolutely not. That's, that's not in the cards for this. So let's talk a little bit, you know, we've talked about the school, you know, kind of the culture of the, of the environment, the support you get. Let's just talk about the physical school. It's one of the older schools in our in our school district. Yeah, unfortunately, they, unfortunately, they're kind of always going to get the hand me down school in some respect. Yeah. Um, when they get a new levy, maybe they will build a new school. A lot of ALEs will get yeah. like a portion of another school. Yeah, a couple seen, of them have like a wing idea. of an elementary school, yeah. or you know, uh, the third floor of a middle school. So it's it's, it's always going to yeah. be a a sharing situation or a hand-me-down school. Our school is very old and there were in the past uh, problems with, you know, maintenance and things on this school. So it's something that we're always kind of having to keep yeah, up yeah, yeah. because it is an older school. Um, and so that's just, that's kind of one of the things, you know, when there's bond levies and things, I don't think these schools are the ones that are getting like everybody's super yeah. excited about because most people's children are not going to this school. We're not getting a brand new, beautiful building. <laughs> unfortunately but you know what they do with the schools is i think pretty amazing you know they do. All, all the facilities we have two ma massive gyms that you can mm -hmm. do full-on basketball courts on mm -hmm. um they do gymnastics and rock climbing and whatnot and one of them we do the dancing and the other one they have kind of a sports you know active outdoor play thing there right. as well they also have as we mentioned the massive wood shops the huge it used to be a middle centers. school so there's there's yeah. a there's a there's whole like pottery yeah. area there's they've got you know they've got computer labs they have science labs you know yeah. chemistry labs the tech they've is got... there the campus wide wi-fi i mean they have all right. the facilities so it's an older school but they have a lot of things that you wouldn't get in maybe even in elementary uh, school uh, exactly yeah and they yeah. have like I think a little bit of a culinary arts thing where the, I think they the, do. Yeah. It's, we it's can on, take it's sewing. On, it's like it's, home. Been it's been pushed down a little bit because of COVID, but I heard it used to be more of like, they used to prepare food and oh, stuff. Oh yeah. They have a whole home ec area where yeah. they do, where they do cooking and they also do like sewing and other uh, yeah. classes. Our daughter's super life, excited. Yeah, a lot of life skills. Take sewing. Yeah, absolutely. But also they have, you know, the science wings. Mm -hmm. um, they have a lot of books, as you said, with the library. I mean, huge, huge catalogs of readers. It's funny. We whatnot. almost would not need to go to our regular library if we didn't no. want to because our school library or resource center is so big. It is so big. Yeah, it's amazing. And so basically it's all like kind of pod-like. So even though we're kind of in the Pacific Northwest, our school is out the outside. Like to go from class to class, a lot of times you have to go outside. Yeah. It reminds me of going to school in Florida. Where like, right. Like in Florida. It reminds me of California yeah, too. California pods. School, like everything is just in a pod and then you walk out into clusters of, of like classes. a covered area and then you go to your next and you're outside yeah. reminds me of a lot of our florida schools but um so it's kind of designed in that way and there's a huge playground they just put put in um there's a huge parent area wing um where parents can sit at tables yep. do home education so you'll see a lot of times kids will be in classes and then maybe another student is waiting for a class and they'll be doing their home homeschool mm -hmm. right there at the table you'll see these families rolling in with like suitcases 
and they'll have they'll carry. Oh their yeah, they're there for the them. day. Yeah. They're yeah. bringing lunch, snacks, and snacks <laughs> computers, toys for the and baby. Toys. And... Yeah, there's, they have play area for the younger kids. So there's a lot of amenities in the school, and I think that's just because it's so big, right? They they have so much there. Right, so a lot of schools. Capacity. You know, there's another school in our area we had considered going to, and it's like one wing of a middle school. Yeah, and they have one central area for parents and then like four classrooms that come off of it. And that's their whole ALE. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have a very short list of classes, still just a great school and a better, smaller environment. One of the things I like about this is it doesn't seem too difficult to transfer between districts. If you wanted to, Mm -hmm. we could kind of choose, Oh, you know, this, if we thought, Oh, this school's so big, we're not meeting enough families. We're not getting enough friends. We could, we could go to a school that's smaller where they hold our hand more, or we could go to, Hey, I really need to be able to drop my child off. I really can't be there. Okay. We, we could go to this different school. There's so many different ones. We could kind of choose mm-hmm. how we, you know, which one would suit our family best. So we've talked a lot about at the school. Let's talk a little bit in the nuts and bolts of people. We've got to give the people what they want. <laughs> you know, Matt Booza, Ariel Booza, what is your, Siskel and Ebert thumbs up rating on this. So let's talk a little bit about our concerns about the school. Like what are the things that we've been worried about that have kind of been nagging at us? For me, it's the schedule. Um, I didn't realize, like when we started this, we we scheduled so that the little one would be at kind of a two to three-year-old preschool on a Mondays and Fridays when I would be home with my older daughter and she's not going to the parent partnership. That would give us a ton of time. And then on Tuesday, Thursdays, I would bring the little one with me while the older one went to school. And it left me just kind of this like ribbon of time in the afternoon in order to get homeschooling done. So I feel like my homeschooling is really reserved for Mondays and Fridays. And then this like two hour window that runs straight (laughs) through Monday through Friday. And that is the only time I get to homeschool. And so for me, part of the concern that I have now, and I think we're going to alleviate this next year, is not having enough time at home to do the homeschooling that I want to do. Yeah, it definitely eats into our time more than we it. were expecting. I, 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 and, you know, we all are are embracing our unpaid Uber, draw, you know, Uber driver jobs that we all are. <laughs> you know, I drive my children around all day long. So it does feel like we're constantly going. Like, like every single yeah. day there's something to do. And not that that's a bad thing, but I do feel like I, I would like a little bit more time to be relaxed with my daughter doing homeschooling. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that's like my only concern is that I, I think we, not that we bit off too much, but that we maybe we scheduled incorrectly. Yeah, I think that, that that's probably maybe a rookie mistake. We wanted to sign up for as many classes as we were eligible for <laughs> um, because, you know, our daughter is excited to go. And while we can miss classes, and that's one thing I guess we didn't cover is that we, oh, yeah. we are able to miss classes um, as long as we have one contact per week with our with a certified teacher for the whole week. That's all we need. And we are able to Otherwise go on. you got to do kind of a phone call. You could do a phone call yeah. with them or, you know, video call or something and, and make up that. Or, you know, we, we can go on extended vacations if we want to. We mm-hmm. don't have the regular type of um, absentee absences thing of regular public schools. None of that really exists here. It's very, very different. We can miss up to like 20 consecutive days, I think, yeah. and before we'd have, we'd have a problem. So, um, yeah, so that's not an issue, but it, it's true. We did sign up for quite a bit. I think I think where I'm concerned a little bit is that because they aren't they aren't the primary educator in that's not how they're focused, that I'm not sure if the rigor is there in most of the classes. And now this could be because our daughter's only in kindergarten is and these are K through two classes. So maybe I'm expecting a level of rigor out of them, which is not really supported. Um, but there is no home. There's no homework. There's there very, very, very little, little take home stuff. We, we had some at the beginning, but we haven't had much. Since right. Then. The, the teachers were all really good. The first like month, month and a half of giving some very, very short very at home like, assignments. Oh, watch this video, watch a video and talk about Play it with or, this app, you know, that type yeah, of Yeah. It was very simple know, stuff, yeah. but we, they haven't done anything since the first like month and a half, as it's, far as homework goes. Ariel, it's because our daughter excels to such a level. No, I, I think that they're just. The no. <laughs> I think because there there isn't a. It's not like oh okay they have a they have a a, a scope that they have to get through this year, right? There's yes. a scope and sequence that we must get through because we're in second grade and second grade does this, and it, you know teachers are driven to get this whole thing done, right? There isn't that. These are all ad hoc classes taught mm-hmm. by a variety of teachers. They can teach them in whatever style that they want to. Yes. They can be as 
rigorous or as loose as they want to be. It's all very free form that I worry that our daughter won't, doesn't always take it as seriously, right? That now again, she's in kindergarten. So, but I'm like looking ahead. I want to make sure that I could definitely see some classes being just like, I don't know if she's going to get very much out of them because she's not thinking that they're as important as what we're doing at home because they are fun and they are fluffy and that kind of thing. So I want to be but, a little bit even, cautious even, in the future. But even in, yeah, I, I agree with you. There, There is no rigor. There, there's no testing. There's no right. quizzing. I mean, obviously she's at the kindergarten level, so we, there may be some of that stuff later. But, yeah. I, yeah. you know, for the most part, you're right. It's just fluff. But I think in the fluff she loves what she does though. like she she, she absolutely like her loves woodworking it. class her dancing class right she loves know, it the class sizes are also very small you know right. we're talking about 12 kids 13 14 kids at the Max most that was in the kindergarten classes. class i think her every other one of her classes like her woodworking is, class is only eight kids eight kids yeah like her, it, most classes are 12 or under three and a half then whenever that third girl shows up <laughs> so it's like you know it's these are very small classes. She can get a lot of one-on-one time. And I think she, she, she enjoys the high touch because that's what she experiences here at home, that she enjoys mm-hmm. the high touch, you know, aspect of the teacher, st- you know, walking up to her and asking her what to do and do you like this and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that I think she, the scheduling has been my stickiest. She point. is getting a lot out of it and she yeah. does love it. Um, but I, 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 to want her to understand a little bit about rigor. Part of the goal with this is that she's learning from other people and we're not the only educators, right? She does need yeah. to be able to, you know, we've even seen this with her at her gymnastics class where she was not listening very well to one of the teachers. She's like, oh, that's teachers. This teacher doesn't like me. Well, it's, yeah, it's because you were talking the whole time and you weren't listening to the teacher oh, and she wanted you to actually it, listen. It, it was, you know, as a, as a young man in my years who played 25 years of sports, I, I loved when I heard, she goes, this teacher's really hard. I go, oh, really? I'm watching it. All I see you is goofing off and talking right. and she's telling you that you're not listening. She goes, yeah, what, what's the deal, dad? And I'm like, yeah, yeah what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. what, what are you doing? Yeah. Pay attention. So I, I, you know, there, there is a level of rigor that I want yeah, her to get, which yeah. is, you know, that she's going to be learning from other adults and she needs to listen to them and pay attention because there are things she's going to be expected to do. <laughs> But again, she's very, very young. She's very young. And that, and so, that, well, I tell you what, the hitter with a ton of bricks on that first class where she had to sit and listen to the teacher explaining things that she was like, what is this? This is strange. Yeah, it's weird. It was hard for her at first. It, the first few days, it was a little bit of a learning curve for her experientially. We were very excited for her to go and, and get this experience. She got a little bummed on that first day because yeah, she, she did not know what excited. she was getting herself into. Yeah. But anyway, other than that, do you have any other concerns? I don't think I have a whole lot um, going forward. I want to make sure that, you know, we're getting her in the right classes that are not only fun, but are, yeah. you know, and, and social, but are mm-hmm. also, you know, giving her uh, really teaching her a good skill and aren't aren't too fluffy yeah I, I love the skills-based aspect of it and so let's talk a little bit about the things we like about it so for me i love the variety of classes that she's been able to mm-hmm. take a lot of these classes are stuff that i could not for the life of me i don't even know if i could supply this via pain enrichment stuff like there's one thing is to throw her into a gymnastics class like we have her in or send her to the dance studio to do dancing I don't know if there's an Irish step dance class Mm-mm. in town. I don't, I don't know, know if there's like go to do that. you know a woodworking class that I could send her who will take six year olds. I don't think there's a woodworking class that yeah we'll take we'll take five six year olds. Five six year olds. So like these these are like the Lego Masters class where she's building a city right now, like a legit city that's as tall yeah, as she is. Every kid is building a piece of the city. Yeah, it's like these are things that I could not do, even if I tried in a social aspect, like, okay, I'll just shell out, uh, you know, $500 a month at various enrichment classes, but I can't do that. Yeah. I don't know that we could get this. We couldn't even get that. So there's a lot, that's one of the things I love about that is that that creativity also, it can evolve with her interests, you know, like, like we're, we were saying earlier that she's really interested in sewing. Now, listen, I can get the sewing machine. I can watch a few YouTube videos, but I, I'm not going to be good. Mm -mm. And you're pretty decent sewer but Mm-mm, no you know, <laughs> not okay. really you're, you're a bad sewer <laughs> i i'm a even worse sewer you know having the ability to put her into a sewing class for somebody who knows what they're doing that's something that's you know invaluable to me especially if it's just something she's interested in for the year she could explore it ah daddy i did that i'm gonna i want to do something else if she wants to take the the jedi 
master's class and learn to be a Jedi. I'm totally cool with that, you know? And that is a real class, everybody. It's yeah, a, I love inter- that there yeah. are physical uh, education opportunities different exactly. than a, a sport we could put her in that, <laughs> yeah. you know, are fun. Um, I really love the, the freedom mm-hmm. of... Not only, you know, that we can add drop classes if they don't work for us, we can also put her in a class that's uh, with older students, like that she wouldn't qualify for. So if she's just like really excelling in math and she's three grades ahead in math, I could put her in a more advanced math class at some point. Mm-hmm. We don't wouldn't have that option at, at normal school. We'd have to, you know, jump a whole grade or something uh, oftentimes. I mean, sometimes you can't put them in just one class, but a lot of times you can't. But I can apply to say, hey, you know, my kid, mm-hmm. you know, and they say, okay, great. You know, if, if your kid's ready for it, fine. You be the judge and they'll let, let us enroll her in something more advanced. Yeah. I love that she's um, in classes with multiple age groups. Almost every class is two to three grade spread. Mm-hmm. So she's not just there with kids exactly her age. She is on too on a campus with kids of all ages. Mm-hmm. She's the teenagers walking around and there's babies crawling around. And so... I love that she's in more like a real world environment with lots of different types of people of all ages and, and things. Um, and, and I, I love, I love the freedom to be in class with her, take an interest. You know, I feel like if she was in a regular public school class, I would probably not be the kindergarten teacher's favorite because I would really want to be super involved and want to know everything that's going on. Oh yes. You'd be and that mom. Yeah. We, we have a, we have a, a neighbor who, had her daughter home during the pandemic and they were doing a hybrid school thing. And so she and her kindergarten teacher were working together because they were doing some school at home and some school online. And and now she has that feeling of losing touch. Right. Yeah. Now her, now her daughter's in first grade and she sends her on the bus and she comes home in the end of the day and she's like, how was school? And her daughter's like, okay. (laughs) Mom's like, what did you do? I don't know. You know, like that would be, and our kid would do the same thing. And she right? would totally do And that would bother me. It like, would totally like bother it me. And, so I love that I get to be yeah. super involved, that we can, I, f- I feel like sending them off to school and not getting to be involved at all in their education when you have been involved for yeah. all these years up to the point where kids normally enter school. It's such a, uh, it's so against our nature as parents. Yeah to not be involved with this huge chunk of our children's lives. And as homeschoolers, we're totally involved. So I love that we get to be involved, even though this is a public environment. And so those are some things I really love about it is variety and flexibility, total freedom with what we're going to do and how involved we want to be. You know, and she's with different ages. Absolutely. And the other thing too, and, and I know we can all do this with our, you know, taking our kids to the park and, going joining co-ops and whatnot but it is fun to see her you know funder garden class spill out her smiling laughing holding hands with like half a dozen kids running to the playground and all climbing up on top of the playground swinging around and all of us parents just kind of sitting around watching this fun happen and you know i don't know i don't know if if she may have that experience in a you know an elementary school there's risk of bullying and stuff like that the fact that we're all there is i think a very safe and fun and warm environment. And, you know, what else would I want to do? You know, sit in a cubicle all day long? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so anyway, this is a great thing. So let's talk about a little bit, maybe just wrinkle. I know this is getting a little long, but, you know, this is a big thing in our lives. Right now, it's been a big thing for the last, like, four or yeah, five months. Yeah, we finished our first semester, and we, we felt like we are ready to yeah. talk about this experience. For any of you who might be considering this for the 2022 school year, yeah. we wanted to get our thoughts down for before, you. So yeah, you could before you, because I know... Think uh, if maybe this might uh, be right for you. A lot, a lot of people have to put their paperwork in early in the, in the year right, in order February to be, usually be available for class March. selection and, and, and acceptance. So, you know, what are we doing next year that's different? Um, I know we talked about scheduling the time. I think we're going to try and free up another day to give me three days at home. Yeah, we're on campus right now three days a week for, you know, only a handful of hours each day, but it's I enough think, that it disrupts yeah. our, our home schedule. I think I want to flip that to two days a week so that we can have three days at home. I think that's a good balance where we'll have enough time at school, do fun things, do some classes. Get to see friends. Get to see friends, get to engage, play with, you know, you know, play at the playground and, and do all the fun things and then be able to come home and do our homeschool that we need to do. So I, I think that's the big wrinkle that we're, we're changing there. We're also going to load up our preschooler on the same days my oldest is going to school there. So we're going to actually be trying. We yeah. We're going to try and homeschool. We've been doing a little bit of it lately, doing homeschool with the two and a half year old in the room, doing math and reading. We've talked at length about utilizing nap times in order to do that homeschooling. We found that she's starting to be 
accepting of us doing these type of things and it's not super distracting to the older older kids so i think by the time we get into it by fall of this year she'll be three three and a half i think we're going to be able to homeschool and we'll be doing our own curriculum with her as well so that we will be i'll be be doing in essence tandem homeschooling with both girls on the same days and so i think that's kind of where we're going to be Right. Yeah. Because right now, if our preschooler and, and our older daughter go to school on alternating days, and that's just a, another, you know, half hour round trip, you know, each way. So an hour exactly, a day that yeah. you're spending to and I'm not um, getting paid drop for this, her people. off and go and get her. I'm not getting paid for this. This yeah. kid does not tip me. She gives me zero <laughs> star reviews of my Uber driving. She doesn't even open the app, guys. She just expects me to be there. And me, like the sucker... I show up. What is going on? This is terrible. <laughs> so yeah, those are some things we're thinking. We also are thinking that we're going to look at the the class offerings, think think hard about what we want to um, augment our own homeschool. So and then give our daughters some choices. Like we want you to choose uh, a music and art, a physical education, and a skills based class, and then your couple of core classes, for yep. example. Yep. Um, and then let her choose among those, you know, she can choose what, what interests her, but you know, give her some framework um, and try every year to maintain some framework. So she always knows, okay, I need to choose a, you know, a, a, a music or a, you know, an art, that kind of thing. All right, Ariel, you got three minutes. Let's keep it under an hour. I'm going to be editing this afterwards. Let's do what we always do at the end of our podcast talk about what we're into ariel tell them about the apps tell them about the fun tell them about the games go so i have a new year's resolution about playing more board games because i know i know i know okay guys listen listen i know we always talk about board games and you know how much we love board games and all that stuff but here's a small secret we don't get to play very many board games (laughs) we have a lot of board games and we do game school and we game school, uh, you know, as often as we can, but it's not as much as we would like, mostly because we have a two and a half year old. So we used to game school quite a bit more and we do still do some of it with our daughter, but we made a resolution this year that we were going to try to play games every single day. That's the Royal we people. The okay. okay. I made, I made this resolution. So <laughs> with it, that we're going to try. So I, I got this app called BG stats, um, which I got it just for fun mostly, but I wanted to keep up with, you know, how often we play uh, so I could really see the games that we that we play and that we really like and we play over and over again and the ones that maybe it's time to move on to another family because we don't play them as often. So to see this resolution through, uh, I've got this app and I we've instituted kind of a nightly board game. So after dinner every night, we let the little one choose the game because at this point she is our she's the failure mechanism she's a failure point right so tonight it was pangaloo um so yeah when i hit my stats thing i've got like uh you know a game of parks and we play terraforming mars played other things and the winning game most plays is feed the kitty so so anyways we play a quick game after dinner with our two and a half year old um we do play other games with our with our other daughter um and we do play games together just the two of us but I wanted to, we wanted to do this after dinner nightly board game with the two and a half year old to get her in the rigor of, you know, taking turns and not knocking over the whole board and that kind of stuff. We're choosing games that are going to be appropriate for her age or maybe a little bit above that we can help her with. Um, but we're trying to get into this, this rhythm of doing this every night. Uh, we've done it since new year's and we're really happy about it. Um, it's been a, I think it's been really fun. It's been good for our family and I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with what our two and a half year old will let us do and will participate in. <laughs> yeah. You know, it has been, it's been a nice, I, th- I think sitting down and playing games instead of, you know, we like to watch Bluey. We like to watch Clone Wars. We're making it way through the whole seven seasons or six seasons, but you know, playing that game together, it's very heartwarming, you know, sitting across. I know. Engaging. I almost cried the first time. Cause I was just so excited. You know, we have, I not... don't think, I don't think I thought, 
I think our expectation was going to end in disaster. Well, we have not and played in so long because, yes. you know, we, we've sample played a few times mm-hmm. with our, our younger daughter around and it has gone so horribly that we have like, we're scarred. And so then we would wait several months to try again. It would go horribly again. And we were yeah. like, you know what? We just got to wait for a while. And we were like, you know what? I think she's now old enough that we can approach this. And I'm glad we came back to it. So, you know, if you're feeling like you're not playing enough games or, you know, you just, Sometimes I felt like after dinner, we would all go our own directions, you know, sometimes. And now I love this, that the kids are excited to clean up dinner and help us get things cleaned up because they want to get the table cleaned off so that we can play a game because that's what we do. These games last 10 minutes or less. They're very short at this point because we have a little one, but I love this nightly rigor. I think that like it's, I think it's good for the heart and soul. Like I, I feel more peaceful and more calm yeah. by having played together. And I think the kids are, are cooperating better by playing. And I know that that's, you know, we, we talk about games and stuff, but we don't often get to practice as much as we preach because we have such a young child that is, has been so chaotic. Um, but now we kind of get to, and so that's what we're into Absolutely. playing games every night and keeping my BG stats, We'll see by the end of the year how many plays of Feed the Kitty will we get in. <laughs> we'll make sure to keep us honest by the end of the year. We'll post all our stats. <laughs> but anyway, hopefully everybody has a good week. Um, take a look at your parent partnership if, if that is something you're looking at. Yeah. Check out the previous interview we had with the the principal, president, administrator, administrator of this uh, parent partnership. It's, <laughs> <laughs> she'd probably appreciate that. Um, and we have that interview available. So hope you enjoy and we'll catch you later. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!